Good evening and welcome to Mining the Riches of the Parsha. Tonight is Thursday night, June 9th, 2022. Before we begin, I just want to remind you that a week from tonight, June 16th, we will not be meeting. I'll be out of town. And also Thursday night, June 30th, I plan to be out of town. But the other Thursday nights, I hope to be able to continue uh, consecutively. Also, concerning the morning, the 10 at 9. So as of this Sunday, June 12th, I will be away. We will not be studying together through Monday, June 20th. And we will resume on Tuesday, June 21st. And likewise, the weekend at the end of June and July, at the beginning of July, I'll be away for a few days and we will be on hiatus. Welcome tonight. Thank you so much for joining. I appreciate every one of you taking the time to come together to be able to study tonight. Sefer Tehillim, the book of Psalms, is a collection of 150 paragraphs or poems or songs written by David HaMelech, King David. This work is unique among all of the volumes of the Bible because this work, Tehillim, is not just studied, it's not just recited, but it is beloved. It is cherished. There is emotional and spiritual sustenance that is provided to countless Jews throughout history. David's words have the energy to uplift our most beautiful moments and the power to soothe and to reassure and to steady us even in our darkest moments. Psalm number three begins, Mizmar ledavid bevarcha mibnei avshalom beno, a song written by David when he was running away from his son Avshalom. The Talmud asks the following question. Mizmar David, a song of David, which implies a joyful song, a happy celebratory song. Mizmar David, kina David, me boy. It should say a lamentation because that verse is referring to an episode in David's life that was highly traumatic. David was king of Israel and his son Avshalom rebelled against him and not only rebelled against him, but led an insurrection that displaced David. For about six months or so, David had to flee and was not in Jerusalem in the capital. Avshalom was, had him on the run. David was literally fleeing for his life. Until ultimately, David put down the rebellion, but that also came at the expense of his son Avshalom being killed. So the Talmud says, Mizmar le David, if you're going to write 
a paragraph about this episode in your life when Avshalom, your son, rebelled against you. You're, you're, you're writing a song, something celebratory, something positive. You should be writing a lamentation. It's one of the saddest things that happened in your life. It's one of the saddest things anybody could imagine happening in their lives. The truth is that David suffered greatly through his life. As a child, as a young man, as a king, his life was littered with turmoil and tragedy. Mizmar Ledavid, Kina Ledavid, me boy. He should be writing dirges and lamentations over all the terrible things that happened to him. But somehow, David manages to write a Mizmar, an uplifting, spiritual, hopeful song. How does he do that? And how can we absorb some of that through his words, making them our own? But before we go any further, please know that it is possible that there are many among us who are capable of absorbing and responding to what happens in their lives as King David did. I'm very close with a woman in Israel. She's 90 years old. Her life objectively, as an objective outside bystander, her life has included some of the most horrific experiences known to mankind. And she just found out she has a terminal, inoperable brain tumor. I spoke with her last week. She told me, I'm not in pain and I'm not afraid. I trust God will do what is best for me. I have been blessed throughout my life and I continue to be blessed by God. Whatever comes, I am grateful for what God gives me. This is a person, and there are many, who doesn't just say to Hillam, she doesn't just recite psalms, but she has internalized its message by saying to Hillam her entire life over and over. Our sages tell us that King David wrote to Hillam with Ruach HaKodesh, the divine spirit. It means that although Tehillim is not a work of prophecy, where God said to him, David, I want you to write down this vision, but rather it was divinely inspired. It's something more than just human poetry. And because of that, our rabbis say, Kol Sha'amar David Besifro, everything that David writes in his book of Tehillim, Kenegdo, 
it refers to his own life, Ukeneged Kol Yisrael, and it refers to all of Israel, Ukeneged Kol Ha'itim Amru, and it refers and connects to every time, every place, every person. Every one of us, David is speaking to directly. And that is what Tehillim offers us. If we embrace it, if we make its words and ideas a part of us, an intrinsic part of us, we will still suffer. But we will suffer differently. We will suffer without fear. We will suffer without anger. We will suffer without loneliness, no matter what happens to us. But it has to be a part of you. It has to be something that you, that I, have absorbed with countless repetitions. It's the only way it will have this effect. Mike Tyson was a famous boxer. And he famously once said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. It's not enough to have a plan, especially if you're going to get punched in the face by Mike Tyson. It's not enough to have a plan. What your response is going to be has to be ingrained. It's got to be part of our essence. And that's why we repeat Tehillim. That's why we say the same paragraphs over and over to create, I use the analogy of muscle memory, spiritual muscle memory, that when something happens automatically, intuitively, we respond the way David responds to what happens in his life. And this characteristic goes back at least as far as Yaakov, our patriarch Jacob. Remember in Bereshus, the book of Genesis, Yaakov's brother Esau threatened to kill him. And so Yaakov runs away to Lavan, his uncle, who will deal treacherously with him as Lavan becomes Yaakov's father-in-law. Yaakov left his home in Beersheba in Israel, and he went on his way to Haran, the town east of Israel where Lavan lived. He encountered the place Vayolen Sham, and he slept there. Vayachalom, Sula Arza, and Yaakov dreamed the famous dream of the ladder resting on the earth, reaching to heaven with the angels ascending and descending. The famous dream of Yaakov. Vayolen. He came to this place and he slept there. Let me ask you a question. After all the turmoil that he was leaving, 
And with all the uncertainty that he was facing, Vayolen, and he slept? How could he sleep? Would you be able to sleep with all that going on in your life? I wouldn't be able to sleep. I'm not able to sleep with a fraction of that going on in my life. But Rabbi Yisrael Reisman explains, Vayifka Vayolen, Vayifka, and he encountered, our sages tell us, Yaakov Tiken Tfilas Arvis. With that word is indicated that Yaakov established the nighttime prayer. Yaakov prayed to God. Yaakov encountered God through prayer. And he realized he was not alone. And so he slept. He suffered. And he would suffer bitterly. But he slept. Because he trusted God. That whatever happened. Would be what was best for him. Even if he didn't see it. Even if he didn't experience it that way. That is what is available to us from Tehillim if we make the correct use of it. There's a famous passage in Tehillim. I'm sure many of you will recognize it. Nar Hayisi. I was a youth. Vagamza Kanti. And I was an older man. Vloraisi Tzadik Nezov. And I never saw a righteous person and their offspring couldn't find bread. They were searching for bread. I never saw a righteous person who was hungry, who was poor, who was impoverished. We quote this line at the end of benching, the end of the Birkas HaMazon, the grace after meals, the last line, Nar Hayisi Vigam Zakanti. Lo Raisi, David, you never saw a righteous person who was poor? What does that mean? I see plenty of righteous people without enough food, without enough for their basic needs. Our world, unfortunately, has far too many righteous people who are suffering from poverty. What does David mean? But listen, please carefully to the words. I never saw a righteous person, a tzaddik, feeling abandoned by God. Yes, there are righteous people who are poor. Yes, there are righteous people who are in need. But a righteous person does not feel ne'ezov, does not feel abandoned by God. That's what it means to be a righteous person, a tzaddik. To understand David's message, that God is with you no matter what happens, no matter where you are. You'll still be hungry, but it's a different experience knowing you are not alone. One wise person once said, to be forgotten is to die a little. To heal him when it is absorbed protects us from that death. Now, 
Some people are not going to be satisfied with that. Some people want, some people expect, if I pray to God, if I'm a good person, I should be able to trust that nothing bad will happen to me. I should be able to trust that everything will be good, that I'll be happy, that any uh, um, tragedy on the horizon will be averted. That's what I should be able to expect if I'm a good person, if I'm a righteous person, if I pray to God. But that's just not true. That is just not a realistic expectation of what this world, this life is all about. Rabbi Yosef Soloveitchik, a blessed memory, writes, The error of modern representatives of religion is that they promise their congregants the solution to all the problems of life. An expectation which religion does not fulfill. Tehillim shows us what authentic trust in God really is and is not. Psalm 121. Shir Lamalos, a song for ascending. Esoinai el Heharim. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. May I in Yavo Ezri, from where will my help come? Ezri meim Hashem, Ose Shemayim Vaaretz. My help comes from God, creator of heaven and earth. Hine lo yanum velo yishan, Shomer Yisrael. Behold, the guardian of Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. Shir Lamalos, a song for ascending. This paragraph, this poem, was written by David for pilgrims who are walking towards Jerusalem three times a year for the festival, for Yom Tov, Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkos. There's a mitzvah in the Torah during the time when the Beis Amigdash, the Holy Temple in Jerusalem, is standing for every single Jewish man, woman, and child in Israel to travel to Jerusalem for the holiday, to be together, to be able to celebrate all together an incredible experience. David wrote this as people were ascending, as people were walking. But David also wrote it for every single one of us as we ascend as we try to rise from the low places in our lives, Shir Lamalos, this is a song to help us ascend. May I in Yavo Ezri, from where will my help come? This is the question we all ask. And the answer, the message of all Tehillim, the entire volume of Psalms, Ezri Meim Hashem, my help comes from God. But what does that help consist of? Hine lo yonum velo yishan. God is never absent. God is never 
uninvolved. God never ignores us. God is always alert, accompanying us through life. That's what Tehillim says. That is the help it provides. That is the reassurance we can absorb from it. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs tells a story of a crowd of people who have gathered on a hill by the sea to watch a great ship pass by. And a young child is waving vigorously at this ship. One of the men in the crowd asks him, Why? Why are you waving like that? And the boy says, I'm waving so the captain of the ship can see me and wave back. But the man says to him, but the ship is far away and there is a crowd of us here. What makes you think the captain can see you? And the boy says, because the captain is my father and he will be looking for me. We are God's children. God is our parent. God cares and God is looking for us, looking out for us. And that is the greatest blessing in the world. That is the blessing David shares with us in writing the book of Psalms. A woman who is a teacher in Jerusalem tells this story. <clears throat> she says, this morning I was in a bakery in Jerusalem. I was waiting in line and I noticed that I was standing behind Natan Sharansky. Natan Sharansky, the famous, famous man, the refusenik, the one largely responsible for so many Soviet Jews being able to come to Israel and to embrace Judaism, became a minister of Israel, an inspiring figure. Natan Sharansky is right in front of me in the bakery. So this woman says, I summoned up my courage and I told him that I had just quoted from his book just this week in my class. I was teaching Sefer Tehillim, Book of Psalms. And she says to him, I told my, my students the inspiring story that you wrote about in your book, how you kept a tiny, tiny Book of Psalms with you at all times, wherever you went through, whatever you went through, in prison, in exile, being persecuted. You always had that. And sometimes you even had to struggle to make sure the Soviet authorities didn't take it away from you. She tells this story. And Sharansky smiled. And he reached into his shirt pocket and he took out a tiny, tattered volume of Tehillim. So this teacher said to him, do you really carry that wherever you go? 
and Sharansky did not even pause. He said, actually, it carries me. And that is what Tehillim can do for you, can do for me. That is the gift, that is the blessing David has given us. If we use it properly, if we absorb it, it will carry us every moment of our lives. My friends, I want to thank you so much for joining tonight. I want to wish you a good evening and a wonderful Shabbos. And I look forward to seeing you soon in person.